When she opened it, Shinny had swung the apothecary door wide, letting it slam noisily behind her. Goddess, she heard Roisin cry. Was it a late one, Shinny? Roisin, the art's apprentice, came plunging down the stone steps set into the roundhouse wall. It was rare for a building in the Veal to have a second story, but in many ways, the art's house was an exception. The art eyed her apprentice. Judging by the copper thatch falling about your alabaster shoulders, Roisin, I guess you were frightened awake by the clattering door, thought the art. Good. Yes, it was a late one. No thanks to you, Roisin the Slanaha, the art shot back. Like many disapproving adults, she found that the young person's full name was the only appellation that would suffice for discipline, short of swearing, obviously. Now, shall I share with you every scintilla of gossip, or is that your new job? Roisin looked upset and confused, colour blooming quickly in her pale cheeks. I'm certain I don't know what the art Slanaha means. No thanks to me. What dealings with the few have with me? What dealings with the few have with me? Whined the ard, in a passable impression of her apprentice. I was kept late, discussing the Slanaha's harrowing satchel crisis with your new best friend, the Tanner. I never said it was a crisis, asserted Roisin petulantly, inadvertently admitting to her crimes. And Mr. Cregan agreed. The satchels have needed mending since the sisters were girls. Oh, it's Mr. Cregan now, is it, Roisin? Girl, you may choose your battles and your allies, and mind more carefully than you are right now. Now make yourself useful, and put on some tea. Lavender tea, ordered the healer. Me? I need a moment or three to relax, and it'll take at least that long for me to decide whether or not I'm going to keep you. The choosing's tomorrow, remember. I could replace you in a heartbeat. Ha! exclaimed Roisin, making no attempt to hide her disdain. At nineteen, she was nearly qualified, and the idea that an eleven-year-old Dukale could take her place was laughable. Replace me in a heartbeat, is it? And did you need to borrow a heart from someone to make that measurement? Roisin smiled slyly, enjoying the inventiveness of her own insult, but still fussing ardently with the leaves and kettle. The old healer laughed, at once reminded of why she loved her apprentice so dearly. Okay, fine, I'll keep you on, Roisin, but only because you make me look so young and vigorous by comparison. The art flopped into her padded chair, another feature unique to the art's house. She sat in comfortable silence for all three of the moments she had scheduled listening to her apprentice tinkering in the scullery. At once, however, the art's face grew serious. She had remembered a conversation with the tanner. Roisin, she called politely into the scullery. Almost there, Ard, the young lady called back, before gliding into the room with her mistress's tea. Forgive me, Roisin, the art said, taking the hot tea in hand. It's been so long, and I suffer from an old maid's memory. So remind me, what was your family name before you took on Slanaha? Um, we're not supposed to... Oh, goddesses, garters, Roisin, laughed the old woman, enjoying the scandalised look in her apprentice's eyes. It's okay. You're safe and you're at home. What was it? It was a bird, wasn't it? It was, Mr. Shanid. It was Starling. My father, goddess, watch him. He called me Rosie Starling, she said, remembering fondly. Beautiful, said the healer, but her eyes showed concern. Clever bastard, she thought to herself. They sat that way for a while each of them indulging a personal reverie, one more pleasant than the other. In the end, the apprentice stirred first. Ard, she said excitedly, you know how you mentioned the satchels before? Well, it just so happens that I have some good news on that front. What a surprise, the Ard lied, flatly. Why don't you tell me more, Rosie Starling, before you burst all over me good chair? Well, Roisin went on, a little nonplussed by her mistress's use of her old name. Mr. Cregan, as you say, sorry, (coughs) the tanner, well, his assistant dropped round an entire suite of leather satchels and cases before, while you were with the Breg. Roisin stared at the yard, 
her face frozen in open delight, awaiting a positive response. She didn't get one, so she tried again. Oh, Sinead, mother's milk, how can you be so sullen? Hey, watch yourself, girl. You need to have lived at least another five decades before you can be that disrespectful to the goddess. Sinead's words were stern, but the girl's enthusiasm was as infectious as always. Come on, you have to come and see them. They're beautiful and finished to perfection. No one will be confused by who's visiting when we show up. The Ardslana had grinned, despite herself. Sure no one's confused by who's coming to visit when you show up, Rosie, she said tenderly, admiring the beautiful young woman leading her to the store. There was a tiny part of her, however, that mourned the loss of the eleven-year-old with a burning bushel of hair that she'd chosen in the Kiernak all those years ago. Um, Ard, can I ask you about something else, even though it's not, um, yet my place? Course you can, said Sinead. She'd been waiting for this part. In a way, she'd been dreading it. It's about tomorrow, said Roisin tentatively. And the choosing? Um, is our decision about Aoife, is it, is it set in stone? No, Roisin, it's not set in stone. In fact, it's as supple as leather, apparently. I've been thinking on this for some time, but tonight's events have swayed me. Mother, help us. Little Clytia Tanner. We know she's able and bright, with a lovely temperament, a little like yours was before you became a teenager and it all went to Bental. I think we'll make it hers to refuse. Oh, wonderful, shrieked the apprentice. I always loved little Clytia Tanner. 